definitely used to play some music in the background. I'm just you know, <laughs> I just know that that's what it was. <laughs> but yeah, welcome everybody. Last week we spoke about you know the cadet model, and we were looking to look at you know the D in the cadet model, you know, as to what does the D stand for. And I think some of the things we spoke about was you know, is it delivery? Is it discovery? You know, is it the doctor? Of the well, model. you suggested discovery was a good one to add, right? So I think yes. it's just meant to be doctor. It is meant to be doctor. So uh, that would be what I think we do in, in uh, here going on the podcast, yeah? So yep, yep. Uh, this this time around, uh, what I think just for everyone else, technically in a couple of days when I'm back now, I will take the psychiatrist and I will create Dom from Okay, so Doctor Cooper, uh, are we good to go? So let me just explain to the uh, lovely assembled team on Clubhouse. Um, as we start talking, if you want to use Bane, you can say something, ask any question you want, you can put your hand up. Um, uh, the moderators today will be a little bit of a product, Jimmy McNeil and Xenomod. Yeah. If you're new to Clubhouse, you'll know how that works. So uh, that means uh, we will get a note to say you're in someone's face. And we love, love, love new people about what they think. Uh, no questions are too tough because the questions are brilliant and they, uh, they get them answered on the podcast. So, and uh, this will last maybe 25 minutes max, um, somewhere halfway through. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's another podcast from Agile Coaching Mastery. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Agile Coaching Mastery podcast, brought to you by the Agile Coaching Mastery crew. Our crew consists of Agile coaches from around the world who record the podcast for an international audience, free of time zones. You can listen when you want. We do this to help increase the skills, knowledge, and experience across the Agile coaching industry. And it's for free. Every week, we'll be exploring another part of this wonderful Agile coaching landscape. Each episode is recorded live and unscripted on Mondays. Let's join the crew for this week's episode. Well, thanks very much, Mr. Nice Man. So here we are again. I know uh, Graham isn't because he's doing something with his daughter, but uh, joining me today, Ricardo is here. Welcome back, Ricardo. We missed you last week. Dan is with us again. Jason, you're here as well. We're in the middle of our cadet model, and today we've got one that's a little odd. The D uh, in the model, uh, I've written it with the word doctor, but it might be better as the word diagnosis. Uh, Let me explain what I mean by that. It actually originally comes from... um, Sunil Mundra, who, um, when talking about what he thought the best model for coaches was, he said was a surgeon, a surgeon, because he said, we, we do need to know our stuff, we do need to do our research, we do need to know what's going on, and you know, all that stuff that we need to do, but we are not experts, we don't know all the answers, because complex systems require uh, experimentation, so his view was... What we're doing is we're looking at the system. We're working out as coaches what's not working, almost like a doctor diagnoses illnesses. And then we are prescribing some medicine for the patient to take. And then having prescribed the medicine, we then don't just leave it at that and, you know, forget. Uh, We say, you know, in a couple of weeks, we'll have a look and see if that's done the job. And it's the classic sort of 
uh, plan, do, check, act kind of loop. We try something, but we check whether it's worked and we adjust if necessary. And he thought, and you know, we love Sunil, he's a wise man. He thought that was the best model for what coaches are really about. Now, I find that really interesting. I'll make one more point and then I'll ask you guys what you think. I find it really interesting because there was a point a couple of years ago when my son was in hospital for a problem. Um, and we had some lovely caring nurses and everyone was really helpful. And then the actual um, presiding sort of consultant came on site, the physician, as it were. And uh, he came in the room and he was so arrogant and so you know, you're so lucky to have me in the room. It just annoys me. And it does make me think about some coaches I know who are a bit like that as well. Anyway, that's the theory of what we're talking about tonight. We've got about 20 minutes. Diagnosis, doctor, that kind of area. I just wonder what you guys think of that. Uh, My first thought was that there is one big difference to doctors. A doctor doesn't try to get you to be able to diagnose yourself when he leaves. Ah, isn't that a great point? So our job is actually to create other doctors. Yep. We are mm. instructor doctors. Would that not be fellows? <laughs> <laughs> but I like that, Ricardo. Um, I, I, I think I think one of the things I always think about, you know, my, my elder sister is a practicing, you know, pediatric, pediatric, you know, surgeon and doctors, as you may call it. And, um, I asked the other day, I said, would you go into another field? And she was like, no, that's not my practice area. And so the the term doctor, though it actually, you know, connotates you actually being a specialist and skilled in a certain practice, is it just too general for what to describe agility coaches are as? Well, we are the GPs uh, of uh, coaching medicine. <laughs> are we the GPs then? Are we the GPs exactly? You know, we're not specialists; we're generalists. But some of us do have specialist skills, don't we? You know, I've got a friend who's particularly good at um, uh, design thinking. Would yeah. we say those? Yeah. And this is probably, if we go back even into you know some of the trends and the patterns we are seeing, like at the 15th State of Agility report, right? One of the highest thing that was called out was the lack of consistency in coaching and in what agility means. Yeah, it did. And you that know. matches medicine so well. <laughs> Your analogy is getting better and better, Ian. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're very, uh, I mean, it, this is why we do the podcast, isn't it? Agile Coaching Mastery is all about us raising the standards and, uh, and getting a consistent understanding of what coaching is. Um, I put this out elsewhere, uh, you know, five years ago, if you asked me what my role as a coach was, was I'm the expert telling people what to do and they better listen. Uh, you know, how far from the truth that was is uh, spectacular, isn't it? I hope in five years time, I don't look back at myself now and think one year he was, but I do look back <laughs> at the fight. I do look back at the Ian five years ago and thought that guy was a complete muppet. What did he know? Yeah. What was the name of that curve? The Dan Kruger yeah curve yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're going up it we i know everything <laughs> and then you finally realize how much you don't know hmm. yeah. so where it starts with you got this big curve of confidence but you're ignorant and then at the top of it it's called mount stupidity because <laughs> it's high up 
and you're dense. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and I think that's the experience for each each and every one of us where we get into any coaching engagement. You know, we go with a lot of assumptions. Oh, it's going to be my agenda. We're going to do scrum, or we're going to do Kanban. We're going to pivot the team into faster delivery, cycle times improved, and you get in there, and then you realize actually, that's not it. Yeah, and I think that's exactly it, Daniel. And I think it's more. It is diagnosis. It's not, you know, just being the, you know, whether it's a doctor that's diagnosing or whether it's also, you know, we're looking to, are we, it's consulting, you know, is it coaching or consulting? Sometimes you, you need to coach and then the consultant is, yeah, am I the right person to answer the question? Am I the right person to diagnose? Um, or, you know, it's at the limit of my, my field of expertise and I need to, yeah, you're better off to go and talk to somebody on design thinking, or you're better off to go and talk to somebody who's more an expert on lean or, you know, depending upon whatever their particular, you're thinking about that T profile, you know, what's my depth of speciality or my depth of knowledge? And when do I know where is the limit on the top of my T and where to put my arms out and reach to others? And I think that's, you know, that's also, as Ian, you mentioned, you know, where the GP, the GP also knows when to refer to a particular specialist, which Ricardo oh, yeah. likes, because then you're a fellow and then you charge more. <laughs> Well, I think this has really summed me up in the D is definitely not doctor now. It's definitely diagnosis. And it's definitely, we are like GPs. We are general practitioners. Um, and I, I loved your point, Dan, about, um, you know, when you asked your sister, would she move fields? And she said, my area specialist is what matters. So, um, and if you add to that, know your limits and where you need to bring other people in. I think we've got a, a, we're starting to get a rounded picture of what this area is meant to be, isn't it? It's diagnosis. It, it's diagnosis. It is. And I love the way Jason put it also, you know, um, and probably that's the reason why I asked, should we include discovery as part of that? And the scenario that comes to my mind is, what was the role of doctors or GPs in the recent pandemic? You know, for, for, for a virus you know, a pandemic that you had no clue or idea of how it mutated or what it did and how it basically impacted population. That's the same thing we do as coaches. We have no idea of what agility likely will do when introducing it to an organization. But then what can we help? How do we discover, you know, the gaps and the opportunities? And how do we take people on the journey towards, you know, being open to trying to experiment, you know, whether it's using this diagnosis or, you know, this, you know, a prognosis or, you know, feedback and review. Okay, I think I'm moving to discovery and diagnosis as being what the D here means now. It's, you know, let's see what's going on. Let's diagnose. Let's use what we've done so far. Do any of us have stories of doing this very thing? I mean, um, there's a place I went to recently where I had the rare opportunity to start a transformation, you know, they hadn't done anything. That's very rare, isn't it? I mean, you mentioned earlier assumptions. I think one of the discovery points you've got to do when you go somewhere is find out what's been done before, who's done what. Uh, again, I've said elsewhere, you know, I once had the mind-numbingly startling conclusion. It hit me like a brick wall. Most companies don't start their agile transformation when Ian arrives. They've been doing it for a while. 
And I better know what they've done and I better know what worked and I better not know what failed because if, you know, they had a very, very poor implementation of um, uh, design thinking, me arriving saying, you know, your solutions design thinking probably isn't the right thing to do, is it? Was it not you, Ricardo, who said that you're redoing a transformation without using the word agile? Yeah, it was uh, the fourth or fifth transformation of that client, of which the first one was just a Jira implementation. And then, oh, we didn't get agile just by implementing Jira. <laughs> I don't know. It's what a shock. But I was... <laughs> What a shock! But I was, but I, I was just remembering that one of the first things I ask myself and I ask my clients is, "What is it that is hurting? Why are you calling me here?" Which is again such a good analogy with this diagnosis, because if you don't know what is hurting and why, you don't know why you were called, and you might just be proposing things that are not going to address the real pains. So starting with what is hurting, but just like a doctor, many times. Just because you have a pain in one place doesn't mean that the fix is to take painkillers or to you, you need to get to the root causes and then try to act on the root cause of the reason why you feel the pain. So I'm really well, I'm in love, love with this model, Ian. Yeah, I, well, now it, you said, what is, what is it that is hurting? I'm in love as well. What a great it's amazing. Natasha just posted in the chat, you know, which is similar to what we say. It makes me think, you know, of getting to know the true cause of the symptoms and treating the cause and not the symptom, you know, so what really is it you want to achieve? What, where is the pain, you know, how, and that's discovery. That takes discovery and time. We as coaches often go in to observe, you know, in that scenario, Ricardo, four transformations. First question is how much money did you burn? <laughs> what was the value achieved and how can well, we help, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, and can we have some of that now, please? Exactly. Burn more money, please give it us to burn. Yeah. I'm inviting Natasha to come on stage and ask her yes, questions. Please. Yes, yes, please. Yes, please. Any, I was. You got just in the right moment. Yeah, come up on stage, you guys, please. It'd be lovely to speak to you, uh, particularly because it's a podcast. That means the audio goes out and we hear your lovely voices. It'll be great. It'll be great. Yeah, I, I love the idea of finding the true cause. I'll tell a story about that while we ask people to come up. Is anyone coming up on stage? Is anyone? Ready to I've invited Natasha. Um, Natasha, if you're, yes, she's now a speaker. Woohoo! Get in. Hey. Natasha, lovely to see you. Lovely to see you. Thank you for joining us. You're on mute. If you want to come off mute, and uh, I'll give you a bit of a chance to prep just by telling a quick story. Um, I, I was talking to a team recently who do eight week sprints. Let's just pause there for a second. Eight-week sprints. And I was saying, um, how come? And they went, well, that's the only way we get enough time to think about what we're doing. And so I, I listened a bit more and tried to find out why. And, and actually, the, 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 the problem I think we need to solve in this situation, and they're all great people, by the way, is they're so busy with their diaries that they don't get time to think. Mm. And they've tried to solve it by going to an eight-week sprint. And by the way, I want to say again, I'm not criticising anyone. They're fantastic people. I'm loving who I'm working with. But it just brings out this point that, you know, what's the true cause of why certain things are being done is useful to know. Anyway, Natasha, you're with us now. Uh, we're, at, um, we're at roughly 
we're roughly 20 minutes, we've probably got another five. Natasha, would you like to come off mic and uh, or on mic, as it were, and tell us your question? Well, looks like she can't. Looks like she can't uh, join us uh, audio-wise yet. Um, yeah, she was saying. Sorry, go ahead. No, uh, I like Daniel's a couple of things that Daniel said there. Sorry, Ian. Um, one, that agile is like a virus, and we need to spread it and spread it as much as possible. Um, that really is quite cool. And working in a medical organisation or in life sciences, everything is an experiment. It really is. And you know, working also, you know, at that pointy end of the sphere, to use an expression, on greenfield, you know, within the enterprise that I'm working, we have greenfields um, where nothing's been done. One of the areas I'm working on with at the, well, for the last almost 12 months, the SVP told them, you need to be agile. And they went off and said, OK, we don't know what this is, but we have to do it. And, you know, that diagnose for me, the first step was, OK, find the diagnosis. What do they want to achieve? What do they want to do? What's being done? And then work through that sort of in a in some fashion. But you first have to do that homework that you have to do that diagnose the patient you do that that diagnosis and investigation well as you said uh, jason you know I'm, I'm i imagine sometimes people go to the doctors and say you know my so so and so has told me i need to take some mogadon tablets can you give them me please yeah and the the gp goes let's just talk about why you want to do that please let's talk about why what, what's the pain what's the true cause what do you what are you trying to is you so I think Natasha said peel back the layers and Natasha makes another great point on this which is you can see it as an entire enterprise problem but you can also see it on a personal level she talks about it uh, in the chats and because of this idea if, if you think about whenever we talk about complex adaptive systems casts we call them in all the training materials we always talk about the first complex adaptive system you probably know is your body because it is complex, it changes. Uh, you might find that, you know, a paracetamol solves the headache today, but tomorrow it doesn't. You know, it's complex, it's adaptive, it's capable of evolving. And then we say, now that that's the case and you understand that complex adaptive system, can you not see that companies are like that, enterprises are like that? They are, you know, capable of evolving. So in a sense, I think I've gone through a loop mentally in my head now where I've gone, the GP analysis that applies to one complex adaptive system, people, allows us to understand what we are in this model of discovery and diagnosis to even larger complex adaptive systems. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like I actually. That. Go, yeah. go, Ricardo. I, I just wanted to add something to what's, you know, but go, yeah, Ricardo. Go ahead, go ahead. No, um, just listen to what Jason said, right? You know, I'm, you know what you just said, Ian. I think the challenge and the the constraints we as coaches keep getting is the fact that we go in as GPs, generalists, you know, and then we are now hit with trauma. And there are different types of trauma and there are different types of trauma <laughs> specialists. 
Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm laughing because that is such an insight. Yeah, yeah laughing at how good an insight. You're quite right. We're going as GPs and we're hit with trauma. You're quite right. Yeah, and I also have a story to tell, which is, you know, that I've stopped accepting to just go into clients as a as an agile coach. I don't mm. know if I told you. Yeah, so you did. What I, yeah. So what I started doing is I accept audit jobs. So I'll go in for three to five weeks at most, talk with everyone, just provide the diagnosis part. And then if I see that it is something that I can help with, I make a proposal and I say, okay, I could continue and help you to work in this. Or I can say, actually, the problem that you have is that one and you need to go and address it another way. The last client I did that for, they called me in. And after doing that round, my findings were the teams were actually quite agile. They were releasing multiple times per day. Mm. The problem that they were feeling is that people were leaving the company and it was hard for them to recruit new people. And the root causes for that is that their software is written in PHP. Uh, The technical architecture was horrible and they weren't allowing people to actually spend quite a bit of time refactoring it. And that is not something that Agile would help directly with. So I gave them some good recommendations of where they wanted to go. And I told them, I'm not exactly the right guy to continue here, but here are some pointers of where you need to go. And that imagine that I went into that client hired as an Agile coach. That would have been a really frustrating environment to get hit as an agile coach by such trauma, like you called it. <laughs> well, high I, tech, I mean, high tech depth and BAU. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think uh, I could take your statements. This is fantastic stuff, by the way, guys. We're going as GPs and we watch trauma, but actually, that we end up being part of the trauma. I think we end up getting damaged by it as well if we're not careful. Uh, yes. But, I but what, what I like do... with Ricardo's analogy is, and, and story is, it's self-diagnosis, which was what Daniel was talking. Dan was talking about earlier, and you know, it's like they've gone to Doctor Google. We need an agile coach because we're not fast enough, or we're not whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, and actually, that's not that's that's maybe what Doctor Google's told you, but it's actually not what's the problem. I'm going to finish with a story and then I'm going to ask you each for your insight. And here's my story. My son, who had never had formal, uh, an optometrist, a formal, uh, you know, eye check. We went to one of the really big shops to do his eye tech one morning. He needed some. It had, it had a local optician doing it. But this um, big place, they did a test on his eyes um, and the results were alarming. So uh, the person who did it said... Um, uh, I'm going to give you a letter and you need to go to the hospital. And so he came out. I was, I'd driven him to the test and he came out and said, um, the, the doctor says, before I get any glasses, new glasses, I've, I've got to go to the eye clinic. And I went, oh, okay, well, I sort of cleared my day and went, let's get a coffee before we catch the car. And he had a letter. So we, um, you know, what are you doing this? It's good. It's a story of Dr. Google, this. We opened the letter and it said, please see patient suspected. And they named something. You know, so you know, we'll go, oh, we'll better look this up. So me and my son looked at what this was and it is a brain tumor. That's what this was. So uh, we'd gone to Dr. Dr. Google. We'd found a brain tumor. We went to the hospital. They examined him. At the end of a long day, they came back and said, yeah, this, this, um, 
this this uh, uh, this tool they have shows an enlarged um, vein behind the eye, which um, because we've never seen it before, everyone thinks it's a symptom of the brain tumor, eye tumor, but it isn't. It's just got a deformed eye. It's the equivalent of having a very odd nose. So I, I started the day thinking my son had got a brain tumor and finished finding out apparently he has a slightly deformed eye that's like having a very long nose. <laughs> the power of Dr. Google. Dr. Google, eh? Sorry. It uh, is. A bit of a distraction, but it does bring up some morals and stories, doesn't it? Let's go around as we're finishing with what's our insight. Um, who wants to go first? Oh, my insight was that we walk in and we become part of the trauma, Daniel. That was <laughs> yes. brilliant. I'm adding, I'm adding that to my toolbox. Uh, we're all going to say that one because that's what I was going to say. I'll try and find another one. Um, I, I, well, I like the idea of getting to know the true cause, but honestly, we go in as GPs and we get hit by the trauma. It's got to be the, the note of the evening. That's mine as well. How about you, Jace? Yeah, I'm with that one. I really... <laughs> that one just... Natasha's really hit it there right on the head is, you know, it is about that trauma um, and where to, how do you recover from that? Yep. Uh, and it, it, it manifests itself in different ways. We as coaches can recognize it. You've got burnouts, leadership isolation, fatigue, you've got high attrition levels, you've got lack of morale, motivation, they're just different. There's workplace trauma, psychological trauma, emotional trauma, all just resulting because everyone felt. And, and oftentimes, we as coaches are brought in to try and solve this problem. And some coaches only have the experience in how to lead a scrum team. But you're asking me to now work at a different level of trauma or a different, you know, breaking a bone is not the same thing. That's a, you know, trauma for a hand. It's not the same thing as trauma for the hat. Well said, Dan. Love well said. Love it, Dan. Love it. Um, so we're, we're advocating people, you know, get skills. You can find lots of ways of finding skills. Uh, we, we all do various uh, training courses. You can get hold of us in our bios. Fantastic, fantastic chat, this. Um, so the D is now officially discovering diagnosis in the model as we evolve it. And uh, watch out for the multiple, multiple blog posts I'm going to do on we go in as GPs and we get caught by trauma. Yeah. Um, but you have to uh, wave in Dan's piece that Agile is a virus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I see that's two that you did that are really good. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody. This has been Come beautiful for me. <laughs> <laughs> Super stuff. Uh, this is the point where the man with the voice comes in and tells us it's another Agile podcast we finish. Over to him. That's it for this week. You've been listening to the Agile Coaching Mastery Podcast, brought to you by the Agile Coaching Mastery crew. If you want to join the live recording or give us feedback, reach out to us on agileclub.club and look for the Agile Coaching Mastery conversation or find us on Clubhouse. Join us next week for more fun and free thinking. 